Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to our latest edition of Argyle Chat. I am joined by Chris Errington, back from a holiday. Hiya, Chris. Yes, back for pre-season and uh, ready and raring stew. Looking very tanned. Thank you. Uh, I think red is the colour rather than tanned. But, uh, and, but, yeah. Well, I was saying, Jack's looking very tanned as well. Jack's joining us on the show this week, right, Jack? Yeah, not Jack. too bad. I'm supposed to be on holiday, but I've uh, come in. Not that I want people to praise me. He's after the sympathy vote, I think. It was a rare chance to get the three of us all together. Yeah, after, yeah. Uh, it's a been a while. Hectic summer, hasn't it? Are you ready for pre-season, though, Chris? You're uh, pre-season as well. This is training for you this week. I, I know. I've, I've got to uh, catch up with all the uh, bits and pieces that have been going on. And um, yeah, it's a good summer break, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. don't you find though, Chris, when you get the pre-season games, it is actually a good chance to get mm-hmm. back into the routine of things. Just simple little things like starting the stopwatch again at the start of a game, and people are going to think we're mad. But I mean, it's when true, you though, get out it? of the habit of doing match reports, and yeah. we do do quite a lot of stuff these days. You know, you're tweeting, you're blogging, you're um, you're doing your match reports, just getting your your your, your mind into trying to do things properly. And I, I know it sounds stupid, but you know, a pre-season is quite good for a journalist as yeah, well as for the absolutely. players as well, just to get back in the swing of things, iron out any little kinks, you know, make sure you're fully on your game, ready for August the, August the 4th. So, so if you're a bit rusty on Saturday, no one should, no one should have a go at you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I might be a, a 5 out of 10 okay, on Saturday. <laughs> uh, also a good opportunity, of course, to familiarise yourself with new players. Yes. And um, there's certainly been plenty of those at Argyle over the summer. Ten so far. Mm. Um, we spoke about five a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, when we, mm. last, when we yeah. were all last together and did a podcast. So let's speak about the other five that have come in. Jack, you and I are up at the media day on Friday. Yeah. Um, what, have you, what do you make of the, the signings that have been made, first of all? I, I, when I look at the team now, the depth, I think the depth is quite exciting. You know, when you look at who can play in each position, you can really see that Deck Holmes has learned from some of the struggles of last season, as you'd expect, and he's put that into practice with... Um, what he's done and it's no mean feat getting 10 signings in for the first day of pre-season like we spoke to I think every player I asked him about that and you know the new players are almost equal to the amount of old players mm. you know it's it's a very unique situation and a lot of the players have said that they've never been in a first day of pre-season with so many new faces before so I mean it's, you can't underestimate how good a job Derek and all his, his coaching staff have been they're exciting signings I think a few of them especially uh, have caught the eye and I think a lot of them seem to be a good age there's a mix of youth experience and um, I think there's a very good blend a very good blend indeed yeah as Jack says there Chris um, plenty of uh, plenty of depth in the squad and I was trying to work out a potential team that could line up on the first day of the season there's a lot of options that you could have isn't there yeah I saw you did a piece online Uh, 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 I did manage to catch that it's good I mean when uh, I saw Derek Adams immediately after last season ended he said 89 signings maybe 10 uh, and he said, I'll do my very best to get them in for the first day of pre-season training. So he's, he's lived up to his word in both respects in terms of the numbers of the sign-ins. And, and you can't underestimate that. I mean, I can remember Argyle turning up with seven or eight players on the first yeah. day of pre-season training. 
Um, and there's a couple of pictures of Penny Cross went along and uh, took on, on media day, didn't she? And when they were running around Harpers Park, there was an awful lot of bodies there. Yeah. Um, there's, there's obviously some of the youngsters in there the, the, who are going to be the first year pros and, and things like that. But there was a lot of yeah. lot of bodies. And you, you can't underestimate, I think, how important it is to get everybody together on day one so that they all do the same thing. Because we all know from the stories we hear that Derek Adams' pre-seasons are really tough physical demanding and it, it's nice that the whole group are, are there and they're all going to go through the same experience they're all going to have the the good days the bad days uh, Derek Adams and his staff are going to have plenty of time to drill in what they want from from the new players from the old players I did like one of the lines I think I read that one of you two guys did but I can't remember which one so but it was a good line ever it was <laughs> that they mixed that in training they were mixing up the new players with the old yeah. players to avoid getting you know, I don't think you'd have cliques in a Derek yeah. Adams squad, but you know, get everyone on the same page, and then obviously the, the trip to the Netherlands at the back end of this month, you know, where they're together each other twenty four seven. So, you know, putting ten new signings in is not easy. I mean, we saw that last summer, last season, didn't we? Where maybe the start of the season it did take a while to gel, yeah. but the, the, I think Derek Adams has done a, a really good job in getting his squad together because. Looking at it, it's, it's pretty much like Jack says. What one player, two players for every position, pretty yeah, much. At least, yeah. I mean, um, so are there going to be any more signings? And there might be one, one or two, I maybe. Think, I think there could be. A, I think wingers might change. Um, well, yeah, I think it'll be a case of whether he can get anybody out first, doesn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah. Greg Wilde, you'd have to question his future at Argyle, given he ended last season at Morecambe. So. I'd be surprised if Greg Wilde was still at Argyle at the start of the season. I think yeah. for, for his own sake, I think he would like to be closer to Scotland as much as anything. Um, so, I mean, I see he was there in training. He's been allocated a squad number and what have you. So, you know, who knows what would happen. But I would have thought it would make sense for, for, for both parties, Argyle and for, for Greg Wilde, if, if he could find a club, you know, a bit further up the line. Um, and then if he went, then... Um, there's a, probably an obvious candidate, isn't it, to replace him? Well, yeah, I spoke to Derek about Matty Kennedy. Obviously, he put uh, Matty Kennedy put a picture on Instagram, which I know you can't read too much into. And I said to Derek Adams, I know you, that people shouldn't read too much into things like <laughs> this. But I said, but fans do. It's what, it's what yeah. fans do. Is there, Are you interested in Matty Taylor? He's obviously been released by Cardiff. And his wording was very interesting to that, that, that response. Normally, Derek, does, he, just doesn't, he doesn't want to talk about new signings. He, he didn't want to talk about Sonny Bradley, for example. He, he doesn't like to talk about that type of thing. But... He said, Matt Kennedy's a player I like, he's a player I've got a lot of time for, but at the moment we're full up in that department. Which to me indicates, I mm. took from that, that means he, he is hoping to get maybe one or two out, and then mm. maybe looking to get Matty Kennedy in. For me, again, I'm just reading into it, but if he didn't want Matty Kennedy, he would have just said no, or refused to talk about yeah. it. So I think the way he answered that was very interesting. And Chris is right, you know, Greg Wilde's not, not going to want to be set on the bench not playing, and, and neither is Lionel Ainsworth, I don't think, especially after last season and not playing many games. So. I think yeah. Ainsworth is another one that, yeah. that may well move on. If, if one or other, uh, one or both of Wilde and Ainsworth goes, then that opens up the uh, possibility for Kennedy. I read that quote that you just mentioned, Jack and I interpreted it exactly the same as you. You know, um, Derek Adams, if he doesn't want to talk about something, and he's not really, you know, he, he, he makes it perfectly clear. Yeah. And the fact that he even was prepared to go down the line of saying, I like Matt Kennedy, but we can't get him at the moment, sounds to me like, yeah, we're keeping our options open. Mm-hmm. And if one or other of Wilder and Ainsworth go, then uh, we'd like to get him in. It's watch that space, see if Matt Kennedy signs for, for someone else. Yeah, but, I was going to um, say, because he's without a club at the, at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, Having been released by Cardiff. So, so. So, but things can change quickly at this time of the year. So, um, and also players keep themselves fit these days, don't they? Yeah. They do a lot of work on themselves and... 
Um, I, but when I asked Jake that question, I was very surprised he gave an answer. I certainly wasn't expecting and it. And you look at the signings he's made and this summer and in the past, Derek Adams, they're not often signings where they're made out of the blue. Look at the, the new yeah, signings yeah. this season. How many times they say, well, I knew the, ma- the manager wanted me two years ago. The manager yeah. wanted me six months ago. Yeah. The manager wanted me a year ago. You know, once he's got a player in his mind, he doesn't, doesn't stop him from going back, pursuing it, keeping it going, it, keeping it going. And the Matt Kennedy thing would have that same uh, feel to it. Yeah. Funny enough, I spoke to Carl Dyson, I think it was, and he was very much said that mm. the fact that I know someone's wanted me for so long mm. was a really big selling mm. point for me. And he was approached by other clubs, but the fact that he knew that Dead Hands really did want him to come here. I had the same thing with Conor Grant and Nog Cavanan as well when I spoke to mm. those two. You know, well, something he, we've well, mentioned. Canavan said, said that didn't need to use Stu, that he, he, he wanted him two years ago. Yeah, right, yeah before he went to, Scunf- uh, yeah. to Rochdale from yeah. Scunthorpe. So, so, you know, that was maybe before Sonny Bradley yeah. appeared on the scene. So, yeah. it just, you know, I think that all these ten signings and, and Jack's got them all written down. Well done, Jack. So we can, oh, remember, again, one so we can remember them all. But they are Derek Adams signings, aren't yeah. they? They're players that he's had on the radar for a while. They've had a few injury problems. They've been in and out a little bit. They've got things to prove. I was looking at them today, just working out. I think the youngest is um, Tafari Moore at twenty. He's twenty-one later this week. Happy birthday to him. The oldest is twenty-seven. So they're all. 21 to 27, all got things to prove, all had a few little bits and pieces and Derek Adams is going to try and do with what he's done with, you know, with a long list of players and, and just be Carey, Jervis, Ness, you know, get them, just get them on the right path and get them going and, you know, are any of those star names, you know, are many of those names that our fans would have heard of before the, the summer? Probably not, but... Nor was Carey, nor was Jervis, nor was Ness, nor was so and so, so and so, so and so. So, and when you don't have a big transfer budget, that's what managers have to look at. Players mm. that have got potential, mm. but they just maybe, for whatever reason, found themselves mm. on, you know, not performing as they possibly should because of injuries or personal reasons. And when you don't have a budget, those are the type of players that you need. And if they pop, then you've got a good great player in your hands. Well, I think Cavanagh's a prime example of that because last season, you know, I think he only played six or seven games mm. all campaign. Mm. But as we know, and as Derek Adams said, and Cavanagh said himself. Mm. You know he's been interested in him for a long, long time. So. Yeah, and played a lot of games in League One for Scunthorpe. So he's he's tried and tested. Yeah, yeah. he's had injury problems. Um, I still, and at a good age. And at a good, you know, they're all good ages, aren't yeah, they? There's a absolutely. lot of room for for potential and, and growth. And of course, it's easy to be optimistic and excited. Uh, you know, we haven't even kicked a ball in pre-season yet, and uh, people will be quick to make judgments on the new signings. But you know, give them a bit of time to settle in and. Uh, and find their feet, but I, I do think it's it's impressive that so many players have committed to Argyle before the start of pre-season, so that everything's uh, in place. And, and one thing that I I would mention because it happened while I was away, but David Fox resigning was great news yeah. for, for Argyle yeah. because um, there's lots of young players in in that squad and and people, but you you always need you know two or three old heads. You've got Gary Sawyer resigned, presumably be the permanent captain. Um, but David Fox, you know, you know, will he be an ever present? Who knows? But I, he played, he played really well last season. I think just having somebody like him around, um, you know, to sort of help uh, with uh, some of the young faces, I think is, is really good. Not as well. many of us thought that he would stay. I think a few of us thought that, that he could move back to be near his family. And he said in the interview with the Argyle official site that you know he came close to mm. moving back away. Understandably so, with a young family. But mm. in the end, he chose to send sign for next year, and that could be like a new signing. Uh, it's, it's a great, it's a great boost for Argyle. Yeah, what I think it suggests as well is that the ten signings, the fact that he's got them in so early, means that they were pretty high on his wish list as well. Uh, 
that's the only way you can interpret it, isn't it? You yeah. know, um, if you get most of your signings done by now, they must have been your. If they weren't target A, they might have been B, C, D, or what have you. Um, if you're scrabbling around in mid July, late July, then clearly, clearly they're not. Near, they weren't your top, top priorities. No. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't sign good players at the end of July as free agents and things like that. I mean, Sonny Bradley came in after the first pre-season game two years ago, and look how well he did for David Argyle. Fox was another one. Came David Fox. Fox was, first time we saw him was in the pre-season was game. It was a pre-season game yeah. um, at Truro, I think it was. Yeah, um, so it doesn't mean you can't get um, good players, but I still go back to you know it, when you come into a club like Plymouth Argyle and you've got so many new signings to get them all together uh, now and have you know a good run at a good solid run of games. You know Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday they're going to be playing lots of games. They're going to be doing lots of training. You know they'll be they'll be plenty fit enough come the start of the season. Yeah, sure. I spoke to Harry as well, Harry Burgoyne, the goalkeeper, and he said, you know, it's great to have all the new sport, most yeah. of the new in because you can learn things with the defenders, but they all change at the end of July. Mm. You've almost lost all the relationships you've built mm. over those first few weeks. Mm. So again, our goal should be looking, Derek Hamilton will be looking to start the season well because of how prepared and how early on they are. With yeah, the get your relationships and the yeah, patterns, definitely. you know, set early on. Um, Jack, one thing that we've mentioned before is the striking situation at our goal. Obviously, we know that Ryan Taylor is going to be the main man. And we always spoke about the potential of, of strikers coming in and how difficult it would be for them to play almost second fiddle. Do you think Derek Adams has perhaps got it right then in that he signed two relatively young players in Ladapo and, uh, and Callum Dyson that are happy to be second string to start well, off with? Well, you're right. We've spoken about it a lot and we spoke to Rory Fallon about it last week, didn't we, in the last yeah. week's podcast. And he said for him, if he knew there was one striker, he wouldn't choose to come to that club. But, you know, I think Freddie Ladapo and um, Callum Dyson will have confidence in their own ability. They may, they may be willing to be on the bench to start off with, but they've got pre-season training to try and force their way into first-team reckoning. You know, and it's, it's, they all mention the fact that they want competition. They don't want to come to a club and be guaranteed a first-choice spot because if that's the case, the team aren't, aren't probably going to do that well. They want to fight for their place. They want to be pushed as hard as possible. And I think both players, both other strikers, fit the bill, the type of striker that you need to get if Ryan Taylor is the main choice. But all could change in pieces. You never know injuries. Mm. You know, um, one of them could hit, hit, hit perfect form and work well with Kerry and Lemiras. Um, I think you've got a good combination of players there. I think I think they're quite exciting players, and I've, they're going to want to do well. They're going to want to do well, and I think competition is always healthy and will help the team move on. Yeah, and of course, there's Alex Fletcher as well, Chris. So um, four strikers on, on the books already. Do you think that will be it for the season, or do you or perhaps another one maybe coming can, in? You can never have enough strikers. And if there's one that's on his radar that they can afford and they can bring in, who knows? It's You're getting into a difficult situation, though, where you, if you're saying to a potential new signing as a striker will come in and he looks at it and say, well, they've got Ryan Taylor there already, plus Dyson. And, that and they only play with one where, up front. That's where, the... where am I going to fit into this mm. picture? So um, I think Dyson, from what I can see, looks as though he could do the Ryan Taylor job, you know, if needed, you know, as a target man, as an out-and-out target man. Uh, Ladato, um, don't know too much about him, although obviously he was at, at Palace. Um, but I think he's more of a, 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 a puncher around the box and, and not not the sort of same type of as Ryan Taylor. So he might get different um, opportunities compared to Dyson. So, and of course, don't forget, you know, Ryan Taylor did miss the end of last season with an injury. He did have in, in ankle problems. I saw him briefly during the summer, and he looked, you know, fit and healthy, and he was, you know. Um, seemed in, in very good spirits um, but you know he has had one or two issues injury problems with Argyle during his time at the club so you can't 
be absolutely cast iron certain that you you can rely on him playing 46 games the next mm. season. So you have to have these backup options now. Are they going to be? Are Dyson and Ladapo going to be happy to be second choices? Oh, I hope they're not. I hope they've come here to play mm. first team football. And as Jack says, you've got pre season games. You know, to a certain degree, I think that the slate has to be wiped clean from last season. And although we know that. You know, a lot of the players that have stayed at the club did well last season. That doesn't necessarily mean they should automatically go into the to the team for Walsall on August the fourth. So, you know, the, the, there's a bit of pressure on Ryan Taylor to, to play well in pre-season, prove that he's fit and over his over his injuries problems. And there's a bit of pressure in a good way on Dyson and Dapo to to make an instant impression and score goals in pre-season and make a case. I mean, mm. sat here now, I think Ryan Taylor will play first day of the season. I think most people would. But you shouldn't take that for granted, and um, they're, you know certainly Callum Dyson, you know he's he's at the stage of his career now where he needs to get in the first team. You know he, he won't want to come down to Plymouth Argyle and be on the subs bench every week this this season. That's not going to do his career what what he wants. So he has got to come in and make a make an impact and push Ryan Taylor very hard. I think with um, Ladapo as well, I mean, you can perhaps compare that to the Jake Jervis signing, who mm. came in as a striker and was yeah. converted to that sort of right forward. Well, interesting, well. I, spoke, I spoke to both um, Callum Dyson and uh, Freddie, and I asked them, where do you play? You know, Do you only play up top on a thing? And Callum Dyson said, as a youngster at Everton, he learned to play all across the front three because you want to try and double your chances of getting into that first team squad and going out on loan and getting a move. So he was very open to playing anywhere in the front three. He prefers playing up front, you know, in a central yeah. position, but he's happy to play on the wing. But Freddie said, no, I only play mm. centre-forward, so that might have to change, like Jake Jervis. Mm. Um, but he was very adamant, no, that is where I play, I don't play on the wing. I think he's a more in-the-box. Yeah. yeah. He's, he, I don't think he's going to be picked instead of Ryan Taylor. No. If Argyle play the way they did last season. He, he's either, either Argyle are going to uh, slightly change their tactics, which isn't impossible, but after the way it went last season, you'd think that they'll certainly start next season or where they started last season or he's going to be a, 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 an impact subber you know come on in the games 20 minutes half an hour to go try and you know play off a target man if Argo just changed the system around a little bit um, yeah it could be another Jake Jervis quite easy he's got a very long list of clubs that he's been at never mm. really settled anywhere that was what happened to Jake Jervis and Derek Adams managed to turn around Jake Jervis and make him into a really good player for Argyle so, just yeah. the one last one you mentioned Alex Fletcher again when I spoke to Derek Adams before you know, he was very quick to point out the fact that the more signings Argyle can get in the first team if Alex Fletcher's not playing they might be able to mm. loan him out whereas before he had a brief spell at Torquay but because of injuries and lack of strikers he had no choice but to sit on the bench didn't get much first team action mm. so yeah. the fact they've got you know, more competition that could work well for Fletcher because he might be able to go out on loan for a longer period and try and get some first in football that way. Yeah. I, was just, I was just looking through the list this morning, just updating my records as, as I do. And I think if you count senior pros, the lads that have stepped up from the apprentice ranks last season, and then the likes of Alex Fletcher, Jordan Bentley, and Dan Rooney, I think there's 31 players there. You know that are, are sort of uh, professionals. Yeah. That's, that's quite a big number, yeah. and that definitely gives you scope. To loan out some of the younger ones or players that you know, if, you know, that just aren't getting in the team. Because twenty-four is the number Derek Adams gave me, so that indicates yeah. again. So that. you know, you had the the five apprentices that came up, and then you know, the Fletcher, Bentley, and, and Rooney. You know, that, there's a lot of young players that, that, that if they're not getting in, looking near the first team, which is quite possible they won't be, mm. then central league games and loan spells. Mm. Loan spells they need to make the most. Yeah. Need to make the most of. You know. Uh, you know, Torquay and, and, and Truro are always, um, you know, possibilities and options, aren't they? And then further up the, 
at Le Mans you've got your Western Supermares, Baths, so you know, Biddeford's. And the way Derek talks about the youth, it should be, fans should appreciate the way he talks about them because you know, you see fans saying, why aren't more youngsters coming through the first team? But Derek Adams would love to see that. I spoke to him about Gary Sawyer and he said, you know, he would love to see more players follow that mould coming through and, and getting into the first team. And he's starting up this development, you know, mm. this group and getting their own proper coach. He's trying his best yeah. to bridge that gap. It's going to take time, isn't it? It's going to take know? time. And also, I think fans have got to appreciate that Argyle have been promoted and now, you know, the, the youth coach's responsibility is uh, getting players that are, ca- are capable of playing in League One as opposed to. League Two, but, so but fans shouldn't think that Deckard doesn't up, want young players. No, it's a he, step up in quality. He, he, would, he would absolutely love players to follow in the footsteps of Gary but, Sawyer. But they do need the club does need to find a way of getting yeah. some of the young players to make that step yeah. up. Yeah. Um, because it's quite a while now since uh, you know players have done. You know, Ben Parrington came through the youth ranks and uh, and played. You know the number of games he did, but apart from him, in the last five years, there isn't many young players that have made the, the step up. Now it's not easy. Um, but they've got to try and find a way of, of doing it because when you've got a, a catchment area like Plymouth Argyle have got and when you look at the success that Exeter City have had in terms of youth development something's not quite happening for them there needs to be more you know I, I think a big it's Plymouth's a big city yeah. and we should have at least one or two players from Plymouth in a Plymouth Argyle squad or Cornwall I mean you've got um, the whole of Cornwall exactly well, you? But, and that's my point about you know Devon and Cornwall in yeah. the catchment area but not to have anyone from Plymouth in a, in a Plymouth Argyle squad you know when you've had Paul Wattons and Mickey Evans and Steve Adams and things like that and going even further back than that and it didn't seem quite right but you can tell them wants to fix that can't you I, that's the encouraging I, I know and it, it's it, They've got to be good enough to play. Yeah, yeah. You can't just blood youngsters because we could do a whole podcast on this. You know, you, yeah. you know. So um, I still maintain though that I think there has to be that element of risk from the club's point mm. of view. Mm. And there was so much emphasis on getting out of mm. League Two yeah. that that took the you know the, the priority really. No, and I, you made that point on the podcast before, um, and you're right, Stu. I, do, I, I would agree that there was a, a needs must. We've got to get out and. Uh, now they're in League One and they're hopefully stabilising in League One and trying to push on further. Um, it isn't going to be easy for young players, but um, hopefully by loaning them out, getting some decent first team experience, hopefully by playing regularly in the Central League, hopefully by, you know, it looks like there's going to be a group of them that might sort of spend mm-hmm. a lot of time together, build up a little unit and see see how it goes. But there's a lot of senior players in that squad. Like I say, there's 31 players that yeah, are competing for 11 spots. Number. There's a lot of people that aren't and, going to be playing on the first day of the season. And keep them happy in training as well. You know, It must be difficult to train yeah. with that many players. And I'm sure Derek Adams wouldn't want that. He'd, as you say, Jack, he'd probably want the 24 players. The rest of them go out on loan, but any injuries, and he'll call them back. I'm sure the young ones, I think, will be training a bit separately. I, uh, that sounded the way it was explained, that the, the, the young professionals will sort of be part of this development squad, and then, but they're there to step up as and when there's injuries and, and player shortages. And, and I said to you, I still think I still think that signing Harry Begoyne on loan for a season indicates to me that yeah. Mother Cooper might get that chance this time next year. I mean, I'm reading into that, but that's what I take from him getting yeah. a loan keeper as a number one. It's a good show. Didn't, didn't commit to a full time signing for two or three years. I mean, that might just be because there wasn't one out there that ticked the boxes for him. Mm. But we know that Michael Cooper's highly yeah. rated, and if he has a year and he gets a bit of a loan spell, maybe a bit of first match, and who knows? Mm. If our goals, goalkeeper record's anything like it was last year, he might get a chance. <laughs> yeah. um, but again, I think it's good call he, he's got a good chance that he could get into the first team. Mm. So the media day then it was um, it was interesting, wasn't it? You know, all the all the new players seemed a good bunch of guys, <coughs> happy to be here first and foremost, and happy to buy into the city and what Argyle are all about. It's a tough one. I mean, Chris has done a lot of media, so it's 
must be hard for the players because what, what can you really say? You ask them the same questions, you try your yeah. best to get different lines out of players, and especially when you've got 10 of them there, you don't want the same answers to every question. So you try and talk to them. Some of them are better at talking than others, just like in any walk of life. Um, but it was an interesting day. For, for me, uh, it was interesting going to the training session in the morning because you get to see Derek Adams in a different style to what you normally see him, you know, talking to the players, giving drills, and you get to see the role that Kevin Nanskifel has in Paul Watson. And I was quite surprised at how vocal Kevin Nanskifel was, for example. Um, and he was the one that was very pushing the, the old boys to mix with the new boys and the group stuff. It's all very insightful. And it's interesting just to be around them, sort of see their characters with, with one another as well. You know, they've only been together for a few days, but they're all, all joking and having a laugh. and, and um, some of the more experienced players said, you know, it's going to be different for them because, as we know, in Plymouth, you, do, you can't just pop home yeah. for a lot of these players. So well, have to get to a lot of them are staying at a hotel. I don't know where the hotel ten is. Ten players, said, didn't they? Yeah, ten players all staying at a hotel. <laughs> and funny enough, another funny story is I, I spoke to Callum, and I'm sure I'll write this bit out. That's part of the reason why I'm in at work at the moment. But Callum Dyson said that he was on holiday with Conor Grant. And I think Connor found out he was signing for Argyle first, and then Callum found out after, and they both on holiday together at the same time. So that was quite interesting as well. So yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's great to meet the new players and speak to them before there's any real pressure and before there's results and people being dropped and injuries. And you know, Tafari Moore, I have to say, I have to say, is my favourite so far. His, his personality just came out in abundance when I spoke to him. And he, I, I, again, I'm going to write this piece up, but if he scores a goal, people should watch out for celebrations. He's a world, he's a world <laughs> champion dancer. Yeah. So, uh, so that'll be interesting. Yes. I, was, I was going to say what, what I found interesting was uh, as you say it's difficult to not ask the same questions all the time but generally I did ask every player you know, how are you find in pre-season and every single one starts with a little smirk and goes yeah it's okay <laughs> but I don't think they understand or they've perhaps heard about how difficult these pre-seasons are I mean Chris you've, you've covered Argyle in pre-seasons before under Derek Adams are you aware of this track uh, at Brickfields, where they go around, where they go around, where they go around, they do the track work at Brickfields, yeah, and they do the sprinting. Because they were all saying, oh, we've not done the track yet. Yes, yeah. So. <laughs> no, Derek Adams has a meticulous routine that he'll use each pre-season, you know, the, the day they start isn't just chosen at random, it's chosen because it's a certain number of days before the first league game. It always tends to be a couple of days before a weekend as well, yeah, doesn't it? because it gives him that time to, yeah. you know, do the fitness tests, do the initial work, you know, the track work, and then it fits in with the, the tour that he has, you know, all the dates are, uh, are chosen very specifically, it's, it's not thrown together in a, you know, in a random way, and he, he works them hard, so if any of the new signings weren't aware the pre-season was going to be hard or thought well, it might not be too bad they're, they're probably in for a nasty surprise yeah. to be fair quite a few of them I spoke to even some of the young ones said they didn't really like pre-season but they, they know how important it is yeah. come March Feb, you know, February, March, April and that's cool when fitness. you really start getting tired and they, they, they just, you just have to grind it out and they said it'll become a little bit easier when the game starts I think the thing you know, the thing that's changing in the time I've covered Argyle is that when you know, I started in the late 90s players came back for pre-season and they weren't fit mm. they'd had quite a long break They'd have probably enjoyed themselves and you know had a few nice meals and a bottle or two of wine or something like that <laughs> over the summer and probably were a bit over their fighting weight. And when they started back at pre-season, the initial period was just to get them fit. Um, nowadays, I think that first day of pre-season training, there'll be very, very few professional football players who aren't pretty much fit. Yeah. They won't be match fit, but they'll be pretty much in Physically shape. Fit. And so, you know, I think that the running is, is, to, is to the endurance and the stamina as much as getting them fit. And that's, you know, um, I think, you know, you look back to last season and, you know, February, March time when, you know, some other teams that perhaps weren't quite as fit, you know, 
um, were, were, were floundering a bit and Argyle were really strong at that time because that's when that endurance and stamina kicks in. It doesn't really, I think, make too much of a difference in September or October. It's February, March, April. If you've got mm. that stamina and endurance in the bank to keep you going... Um, I've had an idea, actually, Chris. What about a feature on uh, a pre-season day with Plymouth Argyle? Perhaps we can have a work, work with Argyle and see if we can get Jack to do a day, <laughs> day's training with Argyle. I, I don't think I would, <laughs> I would last less time in this podcast. <laughs> Thank goodness call. you said Jack's day. I mean, I haven't worried for a moment. <laughs> well, it's Jack's the youngest. I mean, well, exactly. that would only be fair, yeah. wouldn't it? We can look after the older guys. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> Right, so, we'll so I'm, I'm just watching them. The, the, the half an hour they went to it, it's, the temperature last week. It was, was hot, wasn't it? it? Was yeah, hot, doing it in this weather as well must it's, be it's, equally hard. It's only extra weight they do have. <laughs> yeah. Um, another change at Argyle, we saw the return of Michael Dunford as uh, chief executive. Obviously, he's someone that you know quite well, Chris. Yes. Yeah, Michael was chief executive um, between 2005 and 2009. He was he was made redundant uh, by the. Uh, the ill-fated New World regime, shall we say. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, no, to his credit, I, he, he didn't let that affect his um, affection for the club. He's, he's followed the club, I think, quite closely ever since. He's had spells as a chief executive at Birmingham, Crawley, Chesterfield. Uh, he did a bit of work for the FA as well, I believe. Um, he's retained a, a, a home in Plymouth, um, and so I think he very much sees Plymouth as his adopted home. Uh, I know he went to a few games last season. You know, was, um, saw him in the in the grandstand a couple of times. So the club clearly means a lot to him. Um, uh, I must admit, I, I, his appointment. I'm, I'm very pleased for him, and I think he's an excellent football administrator. I did wonder if they, having made Derek Adams as head of football, I wondered if the chief executive might be more towards. Um, you know, non-football matters. You know, and you know, if Derek Adams is manager and head of football, and Zach Newton is club secretary, I wondered if they might be perhaps more involved in, in you know, in the grandstand redevelopment and getting involved in all the sort of work that's going to be going on with that. Um, now, that's not to say Michael can't do that because he's a you know a excellent uh, professional, um, but uh, he is someone that has got. A lot of time for Argyle. He'll he'll be absolutely delighted to be uh, back at the helm, and uh, you know he'll know um, a lot of people around the club. Um, a lot of fans will know him. Um, he'll have good contacts in the game. Been in football for an awful long, long time. You know Everton and Derby before he came to to Plymouth Argyle. So Argyle certainly getting a very experienced, knowledgeable football football man. Had a brief spell at Plymouth Albion as well, didn't he? Yes, yeah. yes he did. When, and I think that was partly because he was in Plymouth yeah, at the yeah. time, you know, and um, so yeah, no, it, it, um, haven't had the chance to speak to him yet, hopefully we'll do soon and um, see what he's got to say about his return. Indeed, and someone who knows the club as well. Mm. Um, moving on then guys, finally, first pre-season on Saturday. I mean the World Cup's not even finished yet. <laughs> 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 We're talking about pre-season I've got, games. I've got to be honest, I mean, I, I can't wait for it all to start again. I've, I'm, a, I'm a bit bored of... of, of trying to find stories when there's not much going on and, and all that type of thing. I can't wait for it to start again. Let's come around quick. All that being said, I'm not, I'm not actually working on Saturday. So no, <laughs> I've, got, I've got an extra week. But you, I will, you're going to go and watch them? I will be there because obviously, you know, I'll, I'll need to do podcasts and chat about them. So I won't actually be doing any typing work while I'm there, but it's good to... Uh, you're making it sound like we're, we're slave drivers. Well, yeah. That's a good point. Two days of my holiday. I'll, I'll be, no, no, I, can't, I can't wait to see them again. It'll be nice it's, to be able to watch them and just be able to, no offence, Chris, but not have to do any work and... 
and, and, and that so you're leaving it all to me then I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll just watch and just relax next <laughs> week. yeah no I'm, I'm looking forward to it it's good to see the new players I'm sure the fans can't wait it's yeah. good that it's a parkway so they don't have to leave the city yeah. um, the England game's been shown afterwards at parkway so it should be a great atmosphere England, that's England, 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 England get through that's so there could be an England game after but yeah. it's, it's, always, it's always fun to see the new signings play and just Ten new signings, it. a lot of new faces, new um, kits, new kits. Yeah, the kits. You know, everything's you know fresh and new. Parkway for themselves. You know, promoted in mm. the Western League. Got yeah. a few ex Argyle youngsters in their team. They know how to stage um, stage a game down there. I, I, I can if it's as long as it's not ridiculously hot. I, I can see a really good crowd turning up to see that. It's right on everyone's doorsteps. You know, what better way to start? I would also just plug the. Uh, the games at Torpoint next Tuesday and Callington next Wednesday, both only short joint distances away. Both clubs, uh, Torpoint and Callington in the South West Peninsula League, would uh, I'm sure love to see as many fans as possible turn up and uh, you know help their boost their coffers because games like against Argyle at this pre time of pre-season are great for these clubs because like, you pretty much know that lots of fans are going to want to turn up to see this array of new players because everyone will want to you know get a first look at them and. What's he like? What's he like? Is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? You know, try and pick which one you think is going to be the best one, and try and decide whose name's got the back of your shirt. Exactly, that's what the, the fans do, and um, so it, it will be a good game against Parkway. Parkway are a good team, you know, um, so it'll be a, a decent competitive game for Argyle for their first pre-season game. Yeah, it's exciting, you know. I, I've enjoyed the World Cup. I mean, I've, I've been off work for a little bit. And I've enjoyed watching that, but. You can't beat the the club, the, football. The club football, can you really? No. And um, seeing how the story starts to to evolve, and at the end of the day, this is the best time of the year for lots of reasons because there's no pressure. Mm -hmm. Everyone's relaxed, everyone's smiling, everyone's optimistic, everyone's hopeful for the future. Now, uh, obviously, there'll be a few twists and turns as we go along and do the podcast during the season. There'll be highs and lows, I'm sure, but. Uh, but this time of the season, everyone's excited and just bring it on there. Right? I love I love preseason, especially when it's when it's not raining. You know, cause to, to walk around some of these grounds, it's just it's just, it's just so different yeah. to league football, and, it, and I mean that in a nice way. You know, just feels so relaxed and it's just enjoyable. It's an enjoyable afternoon, and like you said, the difference having no pressure makes on everyone, fans, journalists, players, managers. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely. Now it's worth reminding everyone, of course, the game kicks off at twelve thirty, doesn't it? Not three o'clock. Okay, there's a lot of uh, yeah. A lot of fans do think it's a three, but it's not twelve thirty. Definitely twelve thirty. So, and I, you know, I would suggest it might be worth getting there earlier rather than later because uh, I, I haven't spoken to anyone at Parkway yet. We'll have a chat with hopefully Mark Russell during the week, the chairman, and, and see what he thinks about the game. But with new signings, new kit, optimism from last season. It's going to be a big crowd there. Yeah. Bound to be a big crowd at Balafo Park. I'm so. I've never been there before either. Never been there. No, never been to. Never been there. I've, I've, Last season, I think they played Park on the same day as Saltash, mm -hmm. so I was in Saltash. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, no, I've just never been down there, so it's going to be first for me as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, go on then, Jack. Go off and enjoy your holiday. Chris, thanks for joining <laughs> me on the, on the podcast. Uh, that's all we have time for this week. We'll be back with more of the same next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.